welcome back to Grit. I'm Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by one member of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters, but also a new friend. We're going to talk a little proper football today. Jan Koris is joining us, Gridiron Gamble fan and soccer aficionado, unfortunately, Arsenal supporter. We'll get to that in a bit. Obviously, the Super Bowl was this past week, but we're going to wait until Mo returns from Melbourne to recap the game, and then we'll do the raffle. So congrats to everybody who had Eagles and the over, and our condolences go to you, Mr. Peters. It's okay, buddy. We got five in the bank that I've I've been able to see, so... We'll live. What's the what is the feeling? I'm sure, like? we'll be back there next year. Yeah, what's the feeling like when you just have five rings and this loss? While it would sting every other franchise, any team that puts up thirty three points in the Super Bowl and somehow finds a way to lose, it, it doesn't sting as much. What's what's that like? What what is what is the throne of ease like when you can just lose a Super Bowl by scoring even scoring thirty three and just feel fine about it? I mean, it. It feels fine. That's exactly how it feels. I mean, you said it. Uh, I mean, it's not like it'd be one thing if, you know, this was a game where we lost Brady and Belichick were leaving that sort of thing. But all signs point to them being back specifically Brady. I mean, Belichick, that whole thing with Josh McDaniels right now could be a little bit iffy, but I still expect him to be back. And then, you know, so, I mean, given those two people coaching a quarterback going forward into next season, I think that, you know, with the way that the AFC is, we're pretty much favorites to be in the Super Bowl again. So I think we're going to get another crack at this. So I'm not too worried about it. Jan, it sounded like following you on Twitter at Jan Chorus, J-A-N-K-O-R-E-S. You were enjoying the game a bit because you, like me, are a Patriots hater. Uh, did you take joy in watching them drop that game against the Eagles? Well, I'm a Cowboy fan, but for one, I really was on the Eagles side, I guess, or at least it felt like that in the game. I didn't really know what was going on into the game. I was like, what am I going to do? But I didn't really like the game, unlike most of the people, I guess. I just don't enjoy these high-scoring things. I like proper defenses and stuff. Well, my thought about the game is just like, if you're a polite person living in the city of Philadelphia and your team makes a Super Bowl, it's just the madness because if you win, it's riots. If you lose, it's riots. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be living in Philadelphia around this time. The most vile people in America, according to Donnie Peters. Yeah, not a single. If you like defense, not the game for you. There was one stop in the entire second half, and that was the infamous strip sack on Brady on the Patriots' uh, penultimate drive. So. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of defense, not the game for you. And that 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 was a bit annoying, uh, honestly, to watch that. I mean, seventy points in a Super Bowl. It was the worst. Yeah, you would hope. Come, come on, guys. It. it was like a fucking college bowl game. You didn't need to. Uh, it reminded me of. I made this analogy at the office. It was a, an NBA regular season game, right? It it didn't matter until there were four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You, you could have tuned out and then just clicked it on then and then saw the result. It was yeah. It's. A little disheartening. I mean, like, the thing is that everybody will be stroking all those records, like, most yards in a playoff game and Brady's 500-plus yards and stuff like that. I'm like, 
so what? I mean, it just tells you that defenses were horrible in that game. Oh yeah, Roger Goodell was rock was walking around with a, a rocking heart on during that game, <laughs> like how everybody enjoyed that and how all the points were flying on the board. So, uh, we're definitely in the minority in wanting some defense, but uh, I guess that what, what I thought of life. What I thought about the from the player perspective, like if you score a touchdown in Super Bowl, it's usually like a highlight of your career, I guess. But in this game, it's like, so what? Everyone did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Oprah. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Hand them out to everybody. Uh, yeah, Zach Ertz probably the only guy that can walk away and be happy about his touch. Well, I guess Nick Foles too because he caught a touchdown. But uh, yeah, nothing special in this game to to find the end zone. But we are here to talk about some, as our friends, not our friends, but the... Uh, ever popular men and blazers call soccer uh we are going to break down the first round round of 16 in the champions league knockout stage a little a little different here we want to we don't want this feed to remain stale in the offseason for the nfl so we're going to sprinkle in some coverage of other sports maybe some coverage of the draft just to keep you guys engaged and give you guys a reason to keep coming back and listening to us knuckleheads talk about sports so for those that are not initiated for those of you that are casual soccer fans uh, maybe you've stumbled upon a premier league game on nbc or maybe even a bundesliga game on fox the champions league is basically a collection of the top teams in europe based upon their performance last year in their individual leagues so leagues all across europe qualify teams to this uh, I guess interleague, you would call it. It is seated very much like the World Cup, where teams are put into groups, and then two teams from each group advance to the knockout stage, which is your classic bracket format that we're all used to in watching college basketball in March. So we have gone through the group stage. There are now 16 teams remaining. They've been bracketed. Uh, unlike uh, American sports, every round the bracket is randomly selected so you can't really see someone's path to the final uh, because UEFA selects them randomly uh, air quotes around randomly there's been some uh, <laughs> there's always the conspiracy theorist tin fat tin hat wears out there so we're in the round of 16 what we're going to bring to you today is teams that we like as favorites or dogs to advance to the quarterfinals uh, and then we're going to look at some individual bets during the first leg of play because each Round has two legs of play, a home leg and an away leg. And then we'll give some futures at the end of the podcast of the 16 teams, which teams we like to win the whole thing come May. All right, DP, I'll hand it to you first. And let's uh, let's give the guys some dogs right off the bat in classic Gridiron Gamble style. Let's give some underdogs that we think can get to the quarterfinals. Which Which team do you like that is currently getting a bit of value uh, in the round of 16. I like your team, Rich. Tottenham Spurs, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, I know. I, I mean, I felt like you just referenced, we're going to keep this a little bit like Gridiron Gamble and look at some underdogs. And the more I looked over some of these odds, the more I felt like I was preparing for a, a Gridiron Gamble football podcast because I was really drawn to a lot of dogs. You know, I just like Tottenham as a small underdog to get to the next round. They, they have a tough matchup. Um, you know, in, in the first leg against uh, Juventus here. But Juventus looks like they've fallen off a little bit since last year uh, when they finished runner-up to Real Madrid in the finals. 
Um, and Tottenham, you know, they're coming off a great group stage uh, in arguably the toughest group that there was. Um, not only did they win the group, uh, but they did so by earning the most points of any team in the group stage, uh, 16 points coming off five wins and one draw. Um, they do get that tough matchup against Juventus. They'd have to go to Juve uh, in the first leg of the, the home and home. Um, but uh, group winners uh, that come out of the group stage and then get to play that second leg at home are 72.3%, I believe it was, to advance to the next round. Um, and I think uh, they're, what, uh, plus 110, plus 120 right now um, to get to the next round. So I really like, uh, you know, the Tottenham here to, to advance. And to, uh, it, it can be a little complicated, but with the home and away, for those of you that don't uh, fully grip it it is in in aggregate score so basically whoever scores the most goals in aggregate over the two games advances and what donnie is saying there is that the second game being at home uh spurs will know what they will need to do in order to advance and they'll be able to do it on their home grounds so they they have a little bit of a technical advantage from that standpoint that their goals and their objectives are clear when they're at home as opposed to juve who will play the first leg at home, and then we'll have to play the concluding leg uh, on the road. In Juve, who's also without a midfielder, plays Matidi, yes. um, who's got some muscle injury. So that could play a big factor. I'm actually going to skip ahead because <laughs> Juve is my favorite to, uh, to advance. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Jan's laughing there, Arsenal supporter. But uh, and this could be—I mean, I, I swear this is an anti-jinx. Although there's probably a subliminal part of me that is anti-jinxing right now. But I think Spurs are in a tough spot uh, come Tuesday when this first leg begins because that'll be their sixth match in 17 days, uh, thanks to a really shit result at Newport County in the FA Cup which is forcing them to play a replay tonight at Wembley when they should be resting this week. Uh, now, of course, a lot of the, the starting 11 that'll eventually play against Juve might not see the pitch tonight. Uh, I'd be shocked if we saw the likes of someone like Harry Kane on the pitch tonight in, uh, in Wembley, bar, barring some insanity. But regardless, they've played so many matches in such a short period of time, and within the Premier League, we're talking about games against United, Liverpool... And then, of course, this weekend, you've got the North London Derby against Arsenal. So while they're doing everything they can to retain top four and make sure that they can get into Champions League next year, they're exhorting so much energy. And this is a side that's been dealing with injury. Uh, it's good to have Wanyama and Lamella back on the pitch, but uh, I don't know if they're fully in form. Obviously, Wanyama had that one to strike last week, but he's still coming back from injury. Uh, on the defensive side, Danny Rose and Toby Alderworld haven't returned to the field. They've both returned to the bench, but not to the pitch yet, so that's worrisome. So a lack of depth, a lot of effort, and then even up top with Delhi and Son, who, man, they were just out of this world to start the season, but as the campaign wears on, they seem like they're losing a bit of steam as well. I just think it's a lot to ask of the Spurs side to, to compete in the Premier League finish off Newport County and then go to Italy in this matchup and compete. So maybe I'm more leaning towards the first end of the leg where I, I really like Juve at home, but I'm really worried that uh, they could put themselves in a big hole that hurts them in getting to the quarterfinal. So I, I actually prefer Juve on the other side. Wow. <laughs> 
This is like just like Gridiron Gamble football, where Rich <laughs> is betting against the Jets. It's the same shit. I also, I mean, Higuain and Quadrado are just—they just give me nightmares because, uh, especially on uh, on our right hand side, because right back has been kind of a turnstile with uh, Trippier and Ra. Ra getting used to the league, I get it. Uh, new to British football, but at the same time, uh, we need him now. So we can't necessarily wait for him to, to come into form. So I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that side of the defense as well. Uh, how about you? You break the tie, Jan. Which, uh, which side do you like in this? Uh, I'll, I'll break first? it very directly because this is my most favorite fixture of all the last 16 rounds. Um, I know it sounds hard from an Arsenal fan, and it could be that I'm miserable because of the rivalry, but I actually really love the matchup for Juventus. and. I'll eat all the bets for them. It's just um, the matchup is just so tough for Spurs. Like Juventus conceded one goal in the last 15 games. That's just that just tells you how the defense is well organized. And they've had some tough opponents on the on the road to accomplish that. They had Napoli. They had um, Rome. I think they played Inter as well. So it's not that they would be playing only teams from the bottom league of the um, better getting. Italian league. What's what's the biggest trouble for Spurs? Is I think what you what you actually nailed, Rich. You said the depth chart. I don't really see uh, quality coming off the bench, as opposed to Juventus, who have really um, they basically have all the positions doubled with really solid players. So even if they're without DiBala, he's he's actually supposed to come back this weekend. I don't think he would play because he's been away for two months or so uh, or over a month but he will probably play the second leg I guess um, to be fair the same goes to Alderweireld I think he might play tonight in the FA Cup I think if not I would think they would spare him in the in the derby it's too risky to just put him in such a big game coming off an injury but yeah, as I said, it's like everything plays into Juventus notes from what I see, like from the technical point of view. Strong central defense, strong in defending set pieces. And as you said, like Rippier has been pretty bad this season. Juventus have an amazing attacking power going down the flanks, beat Manjukic, beat Quadrado. I don't really see Spurs getting through in this in this tie. It's like they could beat almost anybody, even if they're dogs. But I don't really, I don't really see it happening against Juventus. It's it's like Spurs have to play like they normally don't play on the first leg, just to almost be really conservative, get it back to Wembley, and then try to seal the 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 round from there. Like they have to play four deep and just bring everybody back, bring Delhi deep, and just kind of try to grit out like a 1-1 result in Italy as opposed to what they want to do, right? They want to press. They want to get out. They want to get wide. I I think that uh, in that scenario, it could be somewhat of a bloodbath. I think Juventus will sit back a little bit in the first leg, trying to just um, stretch the field and then attack um, down the wings. But yeah, I, I think the only chance... For Tottenham is if like Ericsson and Ali have the games of their lives, I think. So is this uh is this your the favorite that you selected to uh to get through? 
Yeah, it's it's my well, you want to talk about underdogs, but since Donnie kicked up with this game, it's it's my favorite game to place a bet. Um, the money bet or whatever you call it, and um, in the uh, land in the states, in the land on of the, the first fir- leg, land of the first, just a home win, and also a bet to get through. I see the American odds are minus 136 right now. Uh, I'm used to decimals, so for me it's like a little confusing, but I see that it's 1.735 in decimals for them to advance. I think it's very nice odds considering the matchup. Yeah, definitely they're, they're the shortest favorites. Uh, in American odds, uh, excuse me, Madrid is is a is a bit shorter. Madrid's minus one twenty eight compared to to Juve's one thirty six. So, but still, you know, yeah, you only have to lay one hundred and thirty six bucks to win a hundred dollars. Really good odds there. Uh, I guess we'll cap off the favorites then, since Jan and I hijacked the segment. Donnie, just give us your favorite to uh, to get to the quarterfinals. Yeah. So when I was looking this over, uh, I kind of hated all the favorites in the round of 16. I, I just don't like laying really big prices, uh, you know, on the heavy favorites. Um, and that's just not where I'm going to care to bet on. And then shorter favorites. I like a few of the other sides like Tottenham. I also like Real Madrid. Um, so, uh, but in the Liverpool, uh, Porto matchup and Man United Sevilla matchups, uh, I think that these two are going to be closer than people expect. Um, so I'm going to avoid uh, betting on them. So that basically leaves me uh, with taking Roma uh, against Shakhtar. Uh, the odds have dropped to minus 185 on Pinnacle. Uh, last I looked last night um, after they, you know, Roma opened up around, uh, what was it, minus 220, minus 225, uh, somewhere in that realm. So I think uh, I like Roma here a lot to advance. Um, unlike you guys, I do not like Juventus here. Um, but I know that a lot of people do. Um, but I'm used to being that that lone wolf guy standing out here on an island. So nothing new for me. Uh, I'll see you guys in the next round with uh, Spurs <laughs> and uh, Roma. I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm pulling for it. I just think it's a it's a bad spot. And uh, the long odds that Donnie's talking about. I mean, Man City's minus twenty eight hundred. So you have to lay uh, twenty eight hundred to win a hundred. Uh, we've also got. Uh, Bayern minus 31, 39. So there's just no real value in laying those massive amounts. How, uh, as unlike Man City opened at minus 1400. (laughs) So it's doubled. Just insanity. So there's no value in in betting those heavy favorites. Uh, All right. Underdogs. Jan, I'll I'll give it to you first. Uh, Which one of these underdogs do you like to get through uh, to the quarterfinals? Uh, Donnie said a little bit about it. I agree with Liverpool and Man United having a tougher fixtures than it may seem um, at the first side. What I like more from these two is Sevilla because I don't think Man United are playing well this season. They somehow are getting results, but that's just that's just the way of Jose Mourinho. They're, uh, I'm looking at the understat, which is something like expected value of goals and points for the Premier League, and Man United are currently above 11.39 points above the EV, so they should be sixth in the league. I don't think they're playing in any spectacular form. We saw it at Wembley when they were absolutely hammered by Spurs. 
the only thing that basically keeps Man United afloat this season is David De Gea, I think, because um, the X goals actually show it. Man United should have conceded 13 more goals in the Premier League than they than they did. And all credit to their keeper, who's currently, I would say, number one or two in the world. Maybe Oblak from Atletico Madrid is even better. Yeah, I Sevilla is quite a big underdog, so I'd like to bet on them. I kind of think that Man United somehow will backdoor their way through to the quarterfinals, but I think it will be pretty tight race, so I would be happy to place a bet on Sevilla. It's plus 208 right now. And from a historical point of view, I think English teams have really struggled in past facing Spanish opponents, and it didn't necessarily have to be only Real Madrid or Barcelona. So I would be happy to see what Sevilla does in this last 16 round. They play at home. They can they can get some decent result in the first leg, put Man United a little bit under pressure, and see what happens next. Yeah, you're getting double your money if Sevilla gets through. And what's interesting is, so for the home leg, Sevilla is minus 120 uh, to win the match. Which is interesting because if Pinnacle is saying that they're likely to steal the first leg, take in advantage, headed back uh, to England, I I don't know why these odds to get to the next round are so long because it's not like United are an attacking side. United can play one style of football, right? They can can play Jose Mourinho football. They can play defensive uh, and then go from there but when they fall behind when they need to attack that's when they get into trouble as soon as spurs scored that 10 second goal united was in trouble because they're not a, they don't push the ball they're not an attacking side they they like jan said they rest their laurels on their back and especially their keeper to head to, to keep them in these matches but if they're playing from behind if they're behind in an aggregate that's not the spot they want to be in so if pinnacle saying that sevilla is going to win this first leg at home then we should like them at this plus 208 to to get through. Donnie, you got to weigh in. You are the United supporter here on the pod. Uh, you talked about it briefly, but talk a little bit more about this Sevilla-United matchup. I just, you know, like like Jan mentioned, I just don't like the way that United is playing. I think that uh, Sevilla can give them a lot of troubles. I think that, you know, in, in the Premier League, Man, Man United is getting a lot of results in their favor um, that they really shouldn't be getting. Uh, I mean, they're they're you know towards the, the top of the table, and they're winning games when they just shouldn't be. So I just I can't you know when it comes to the Champions League, I think that they're going to slip off because they're so heavily focused on uh, what's going on over in the Premier League and trying to stay at the top of the table and you know chase the win there if they can. Um, I think that Sevilla can surprise them, especially if Sevilla comes out, wins that first leg, um, is able to avoid getting a draw. I think Man United is just going to you know, go into Sevilla, play for that draw on the first leg, and then hope to take it home to Old Trafford and get the win there um, and, and advance. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot harder than people expect. And if, I mean, if Sevilla can squeak out that win in the opening leg, um, I think they're just going to have all the confidence in the world going forward, and they're going to be able to to give Man United a really big run for their money. And overall, as a team, I just I don't really like the way Man United plays this year. Um, they seem a bit discombobulated at times. Um, I mean, 
I was reading some stuff last night where people were talking about, oh my gosh, they're going to get Zlatan Ibrahimovic back. I'm like, well, what is Zlatan right now? I mean, he's not really anything. I don't know why people are putting in a lot of hype and a lot of credence to, to getting Zlatan back. I don't really think he's that much right now or is going to do anything to move the needle. Uh, I'm just going to kind of keep watching this line, and I may even place a bet on Sevilla should it, it uh, the odds go more in their favor. Nice little emotional hedge there against... Uh against your side yeah outside of city i don't really like any of these english sides in the round of 16 because the weight of the premier league is just so heavy and all of these teams liverpool united chelsea spurs they're all bunched up there fighting to finish top four and they just need to focus so much on those league games that it's almost like champions league uh is is an extra burden that they they don't really want to deal with right now so i i I, I kind of like, as we're talking about dogs, I, I like Sevilla. I kind of like Porto, too, uh, in this spot. Uh, but I'm, I'm also, as I uh, kind of besmirch the English sides, I'm, I'm kind of interested just because of the number. L- less so about the actual football and more so the number. I'm kind of interested in Chelsea at plus 270. Obviously, Barca is the superpower, uh, but they also bring a lot of public action and watching Chelsea these past two uh, games, they've just been dreadful. Uh, <laughs> they drop 4-0, uh, 4-1 to Watford and then 3-0 to Bournemouth, and they look absolutely as bad as possible. So if we're going to use some of our gridiron gamble theories, uh, rule of what team has looked the worst, I mean, Chelsea has looked in absolute disarray. So there might be some value in the number uh, at plus 270. It just seems a little long for what is a good defensive side uh, that can compete. I mean, it, the types of teams that do well against Barca are those defensive sides that don't let them uh, move the ball so freely and get up the pitch so freely. That being said, I still think I favor Porto uh, and Sevilla if you're looking for dogs, but I don't hate the 270 on Chelsea. It's not hateful. Can Messi finally score against Chelsea? <laughs> I know. I mean, that... I mean, that's it seems like just a random anomaly, but maybe it's a thing. Yeah, maybe I, he just can't get on the board against them. I, I, well, he, he he ticked off Juventus in the group stage. That He struggled to, to score against Buffon as well. He did in the group stage, so maybe it's time to just burn all these stats to the ground and just <laughs> fire. Uh, I, I mean, I think as fans, I think we all want to see... Uh, Paris Saint-Germain and, and Barcelona meet up, right? Is that isn't that something we want to see? Of course, how can it not be? <laughs> I mean, there's some great matchups in this round of 16, almost too good, but it's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about the first leg. Jan came out and said that his uh his bet is on Juventus at home. DP, first leg only. Uh what bet stands out what bet stands out to you that you like? Yeah, I mean, because I really like uh, Tottenham in their matchup against Juventus, I like to bet the draw in the first leg, uh, which uh, I believe is minus or plus two thirty four on Pinnacle. If uh, you know, if they can go in and get that draw in the first leg, I think it's going to do absolutely amazing things for them in terms of what I talked about earlier, and that is advancing to the next round. Um, you know, so that's the bet that I look at in this first round. I think you're getting great odds on it. You can couple it with the fact um, 
that you're betting on, like me, uh, Tottenham to get to the next round. And then even if Tottenham loses at Juventus in the first leg, you're likely going to get some really great odds on them in the second leg. So you can just kind of double down and get your money back. So I would take the draw, um, Tottenham uh, at Juventus in the first round, plus 234 on Pinnacle. Jan, are there any other first leg bets that you like? Are you going to stick with uh, Juventus at home? Well, I think Juventus at home is, is the bet I like the most. Or it definitely is the, the bet I see as the most valuable. What I just... I, I'm trying to figure out what to bet on in the Real Madrid-PSG matchup. I just... I mean, of course, Paris are in great form and they've been like the new Galacticus with Real Madrid used to be. So with all the new signings. But still, Real Madrid are the only team to win the competition two times, which uh, in a row, which happened to be in the last two years. They they still have a very strong side, even though they've been struggling. It can actually be a it can actually be their benefit to be, what is it now, like 16 points off of the first place in the Spanish league. So they have to put all in this game, like to go for the treble in the Champions League. That can save their season. That's just like, those are the two games they have to really focus on. So I think the players like Ronaldo and Benzema and Isco and all these guys, they will just put their best effort in, in this fixture against Paris, especially when they're considered underdogs, which is something very unusual for a team that, that has been the past two editions of the Champions League. So I I kind of like Real Madrid in this in this whole matchup, but I'm not so sure about betting um, them winning at home. I think it will obviously be a very, very tight race. It could be just like away goals could be the difference. So I don't know if I like the odds on betting Real Madrid. I don't know if there's value in that. I believe they're going to win at home. But the bet on it, it's, it's very questionable, I guess, for the odds. I think they're very fair, and probably you're not going to be winning a lot of money in the long run placing that bet. You stole my thunder. I love PSG in, in the aggregate. I think they'll get through. But... Basically, again, another rule of Gridiron Gamble, Madrid are basically home dogs in this spot. Plus 134 at home at Bernbao. Of course, Paris Saint-Germain are an incredible side, as Jan noted. They've brought in all these stars. And again, I still think they're going to get through to the quarterfinals. But if there's a spot for Madrid to to sneak the leg, you know, get a, a, a 2-1 result at home, get a win with all their focus on this being fourth in La Liga, this is the spot. I mean, how many times are we going to get this Madrid side as essentially home dogs? Uh, not not very many. So I think that the value is there. I think plus 30, 134 to win the match is nice. It's a nice value to get on a side like this. Uh, and I think it's a rare opportunity to take Madrid in a spot like this. So I, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board with this. I like... Madrid at Bernbao against PSG uh, in the spot. I'm ex- and I'm super excited about that match. For that reason, Madrid has not been the Madrid that we're used to. Uh, but since they don't have to worry about uh, winning La Liga, because it seems like it's so far out of reach, they can put all their eggs in the Champions League basket 
and uh, focus on this match. So I think it's a good spot. DP, anything to add on Madrid PSG? Nope, I agree, but I do agree with you on the fact that uh, Madrid doesn't have to worry about La Liga, and I think that will help their chances in the Champions League with you know that just sort of an afterthought right now. All right, let's get to some futures. Let's pick who we think has good value right now to win the whole damn thing. And this this brings back sides uh, maybe like City, like Bayern, who have really unbelievably... <laughs> large odds to get through to the next round, but we might like them throughout the contests. Uh, so DP, I'll start with you. Given the futures market right now, what side do you like to win the Champions League? Uh, so as more of a favorite to win, I like the two La Liga sides of Barcelona at plus uh, 602, I believe they are, and then Real Madrid at plus 771. Real is a harder road here in the opener uh, going against PSG, so I'll lean towards Barcelona. I know their prices aren't amazing, and it kind of goes against what I talked about when I opened up the show, just talking about how I don't like much of the favorites, but um, these prices are worse than where the two teams opened up. Barca opened up as plus 400 and Real opened up as plus 450. So you're getting some more value on your money, uh, you know, for these two sides. Um, Real, I think, you know, if you can get a bet in now, because if they do come out ahead against PSG and they do advance to the next round, I think that their odds are going to swing heavily the other way. And then it's sort of a long shot play, just going with what I've talked about, sort of my theme all podcast, Tottenham. Uh, getting a big price of plus don't 24 63. Me. Don't tease me. Um, I got green me. on them. Stop it. Don't tease me. Oh, God. No, I got to do it. I mean, listen, if you're going to take a long shot, I like them. I also like Roma as a long shot. They're getting, what is it, plus 4,000, plus 4,100, something like that. Um, so I like those two sides if you're taking a long shot. You know, I mean, you can throw $20 down and get a huge return on your money. And it's just basically a gamble. So um, I just like how this thing lines up for them, you know, especially in the first round where they can get some momentum going into the quarterfinals. If you add six more fixtures to Spurs schedule for the rest of 2018, these guys are going to be crawling to the finish line. <laughs> well, I, I think Harry Kane's a robot. So let's go. <laughs> All right. What about you, Jan? Give us, uh, given the odds right now in the futures market, uh, what team do you like to win the champions league? I, don't like El Clasico teams as a soccer fan, but I absolutely love Barcelona and this spot. It's it's incredible. They've been amazing this year, and they've been flying under the radar because of all these huge transfer market blowouts like Paris Saint-Germain and what's going on in the Premier League, plus Man City dominating the league with attacking football and stuff like that. They're plus 602. They've been... You've been just great. I don't really see them being only the third team, the third biggest favorite to win the Champions League. I guess the odds reflect the fact that they're facing Chelsea in the first round, but honestly, I don't really see Chelsea doing much in that matchup, especially when their central defense has been struggling this year. And that's something Suarez and Messi are going to punish big time. What I don't really like is the Man City bet. I think uh, there's just too big of a hype about them this year, especially because of their great start for the league. So everybody's almost taking them to the finals immediately. It's the Champions League. Like, yeah, they're playing Basel and they're going to find their way through to the quarterfinals, but there's going to be a lot of 
tough teams left in the competition at that point. And they have nothing guaranteed. They can be knocked out by six or seven out of the teams that remain in the competition. So betting money on them would be at least what I think wouldn't really be a profitable thing. What I like uh, about the, the long shot pets is probably Rome, as Donny said. They've recently dropped in form in the Serie A, but I watched a bunch of their games uh, towards the end of the last calendar year, and I was really impressed with their style of play and with how organized they were. So I, I think putting a little amount of money could be just some nice additional sweat if they somehow hit a fine form and get some luck in, in I guess, quarterfinals or maybe possibly semifinals just to suddenly find their way to, to play for the title. I'm going to give some love to our friends in Germany. I'm very interested in this Bayern number at plus 524. Definitely a little square, the third shortest odds to win. But I think one of my general theories when it comes to Champions League is the the sides that don't have to worry about uh, league play as much, that they can focus on Champions League, are just going to have more success. And being 18 points clear of Bayern and Bundesliga is so helpful when it comes to this campaign because they can really zone in and focus on playing in Europe as opposed to trying to doing this balancing act that we see the English sides do. And this is one of the reasons we, why we've seen English sides struggle of late in the Champions League because it is such a tough league from 1 to 8, you know, 1 to 7. There's so many top sides that every weekend... You've got a tough match. And for the same reasons that you guys like Barcelona, I, I like Bayern. Uh, I think the Barca odds are fair, reflecting their first their round of 16 match against Chelsea. I think it might be a little tougher than you guys think. But if you guys are as confident as you are that they're going to get through Chelsea, then for sure, Barca is a great bet at plus 600. But I, I just also wanted to show some love if people wanted to diversify uh, with Bayern. Again, Bundesliga, they've got it locked up. Plus 524 is nice. Uh, I do like we're all in agreement on Fading City, though. Well, plus 336. This is a wild number. What a terrible value for this side. That's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I want to bet against them. Right. Uh, well, they uh, they have it. Uh, will City win the Champions League? Minus 400. Does, isn't that a great oh, bet? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, I also think... What Rich said about uh, teams dominating their league campaigns, it's very interesting for this year's Champions League particularly because Barcelona have almost locked their their La Liga title. Bayern, they can give them the crown already. Man City are clear, uh, clear, clear, clear ahead. Paris also has, I think, like 10 or 11 point gap. So... A lot of these teams this year are in that position that they can maybe rest their players in some of the league games and focus on the Champions League when it when the fixtures are around. What's interesting is that this year it doesn't apply for Juventus, who's in a very tight race with Naples, uh, while in the last few years 
Juventus was actually the side that benefited from crushing the league and didn't really needing to bother about um, about getting results there and just solely focus on the Champions League progress at that point. It, Napoli feels like they got a little bit of that united in them, though. That while they have sixty points in Serie A, uh, Juventus in goal differential is eight higher, right? So Juventus in actuality they should be top of the league but that's why they play the game right Juventus still needs to pick up the points to get to the top of the league so that definitely comes into play and they'll have I'm to- not I'm not sure what rules are in play in the Serie A in the Premier League the goal difference um is the first tiebreaker when when the teams are tied in points in some leagues uh it comes down to the games between the two teams. So I don't know what's what's going on in Serie A, but obviously it's still a long way to go, so it might not even be um, the factor that's going to decide the league. So that is... Be either differential or, or, the, or the actual matchups between the two teams. So that's our Champions League podcast. We gave you some dogs, some favorites, some first leg bets, some futures. Hope you guys... If you this is your introduction to... To soccer, uh, I would definitely tune in next week. I think Fox and ESPN here in the States are carrying Champions League coverage, and these are the most competitive teams in Europe. And as Donnie said, there's some great matchups uh, to kick things off. I mean, uh, Barca, Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid, these are, uh, I have to be selfish here with Juventus and, and Tottenham. I think th- these are great matchups that. Uh, are going to show some good football. And I think you guys, if, if this is your introduction to soccer, if you haven't been watching the Premier League on NBC, I think this might be a good introduction. And speaking of the Premier League, before we get out of here, Jan, I owe you a pizza. You liked the Atlanta Falcons at the Rams uh, in the first round of the NFL playoffs. I owe you one pizza, sir. Can we go double or nothing? It is the North London Derby this weekend. Double or nothing, yeah. Spurs, Gunners. Of course, I'll take two pizzas anytime. <laughs> double, Man, double the pleasure. Tottenham are off a very tough stretch. Now they're also getting to play the Champions League, which we don't get to play. Oh, I'm very hyped about this game. I'm very <laughs> confident. I was very confident going to the North London Derby back in November. That was my first North London Derby I attended. We won. I'm confident we're going to win this game. We might blow up in a few weeks against Watford or whoever, but I'm fairly sure we're going to get a good result in this Derby game. Another St. Tottenham's Day. <laughs> What's that? I said another St. Tottenham's Day. well it's still a way to go you're ahead but this this is a very key game for both of the teams um, looking at the current standings and the development of the Premier League so it definitely is going to hurt Tottenham for the Champions League game because there's just no rest for the players it's just so many big games within a span of two weeks and I think it might really hurt them in the first at least in the first leg I would be very happy with the draw against Arsenal and then oh, come on, come on. and then <laughs> and then who knew I mean I, I I'm begging for draw draw two back-to-back results against uh Arsenal and 
Juventus. But that's the pod. Follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters. Also at, at Jan Chorus, J-A-N-K-O-R-E-S. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Again, we'll be back to recap the Super Bowl, give out those prizes, so be on the lookout for that. If you enjoyed this pod, let us know. Uh, the different format, the different sport. We'll bring you some more. If not, uh, go fuck yourself because we can do what we want. So, <laughs> Until next time, thanks for joining us, Jan. Peace. Out. Out.